I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Check engine light on? Take the guesswork out of your check engine light with O'Reilly Veriscan. It's free and provides a report with solutions based on over 650 million vehicle scans verified by ASE certified master technicians. And if you need help, we can recommend a shop for you. Ask for O'Reilly Veriscan today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Welcome to the Wired to Hunt podcast, your home for deer hunting news, stories, and strategies. And now, your host, Mark Kenyon. Welcome to the Wired to Hunt podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kenyon, and this is episode number 250. And today on the show, we are back for a mid-November edition of Rut Radio, in which we're talking to hunters all across the country about the latest progress of the rut, whitetail activity, how conditions are impacting activity, and the tactics that are working right now. Alright, welcome to the Wired to Hunt podcast brought to you by Onyx. We are here today for another edition of our Rut radio mini-series in which we're hearing from hunters across the country about the latest on the progress of the whitetail rut, deer activity, how current conditions are impacting deer, and the different things we can be doing as hunters right now over the course of this next week to have some success. And with me to do that is Spencer Newharth. Spencer, how are you doing? I hear there's uh, I hear there's there's finally some good news for you. Is that is that true? I'm doing good. I just filled my first deer tag of the season, so I uh, have a new energy as we get into the middle of November here. Yeah. How does it feel to, to, to be like the rest of us now? Instead of killing like nine things right <laughs> away in the season, you've had to wait till middle of November to finally make it happen. You're back back to earth, right? Back to earth. Uh, but I hope I change that. I hope I am just lighting up your Instagram feed over these next few weeks with more white tails. So we'll see. <laughs> I, I hope to change it. I- I hope so too. Do you, do you want to give us a quick synopsis of the story or what are you thinking there? So this was a hunt in northwestern South Dakota. It was a whitetail tag, but that is an area that's kind of dominated by mule deer. It was an area that had a lot of leftover tags, pretty easy to draw. Um, so I kind of knew that going into it and I didn't have real high standards. Um, so my strategy for that was to just for look, look for something that didn't appear to be like super rough, super super covered in cedars or yucca, uh, like you find those mule deer. And we got really deep into some public, like two miles back. Uh, and I found the whitetail that I ended up killing just 20 minutes into opener. So it was a short and sweet season for me. Man, so were you just kind of stalking along, glassing, and then you spotted him and took a shot? Uh, no, I had a destination that I wanted to get to, a specific draw that looked like it had some hardwoods, which there aren't a ton of in that area, uh, and it also came out of a hayfield, which looked like something that you would find whitetails on pretty much anywhere, and so 
I got set up there. Uh, I had spotted a number of mule deer so far that morning, a few white-tailed does, and then this white-tailed buck that I ended up getting a position on. I think I killed him at like 180 yards. Nice. That's awesome, man. Congrats. Seeing like rutting activity, were they chasing, doing anything like that? Yeah, so it's hard to uh, draw any conclusions from that hunt because those rifle seasons on public land can be kind of weird where you have deer that maybe aren't necessarily behaving like deer would. And so, uh, you know, I saw some rutting activity from like the standpoint that there was a mule deer buck chasing some white-tailed does and, and there was just some chaos in that draw. But again, uh, public land, northwestern South Dakota, kind of a, a weird landscape. It's hard to, you know get any exacts or anything that applies to to most whitetail hunters from that scenario yeah interesting okay um do you want to hear michigan report at all yeah and i can't imagine there's anybody to give a better michigan report because you've been at it for like it seems like 10 straight days or something how, how many days have you been in a tree now consecutively uh well november 2nd because I had, I had those business meetings on the 31st and 1st which took me out of the tree but otherwise it was it was five days before that and then two days of meetings and then november 2nd through today which is what the 12th so i think it was 11 straight days there um in michigan and yeah i mean have seen a lot of different things uh last week i told you about some of the you know, I saw that mature buck locked down with a doe um i went to a new property after we talked last time I was on this hunt with uh, with Ranella and Yanni and the rest of the meat eater crew, and um, we saw we saw rutting activity. I also thought that maybe there was some lockdown going on because we did not see a whole lot of activity from the mature bucks. Um, and, and in general, it seemed like lots of the time was very dull. There was not much going on, um, but there were a few days that kind of gave us like punctuations of excitement. Um, so a lot of slow periods, but then the occasional, like I had one morning where there was a lot of chasing going on, a lot of young bucks. And then I did have a mature buck cruise through in the middle of the day. Um, and then yesterday I did have another potential mature buck cruising in the middle of the day. So definitely saw that cruising. Um, Steve saw a mature buck do the same thing like late morning and Yanni saw some cruising in the earlier in the morning. So a lot of cruising, a little bit of chasing, and um, we didn't see bucks locked onto does necessarily, but we kind of were hypothesizing that that was probably what was going on. Um, another thing worth mentioning is that we definitely did see that our activity on trail cameras over scrapes has gone down pretty significantly, not nearly as many visits to the scrapes. Um, so that's another thing worth pointing out. Uh, we weren't, we definitely aren't keying in on signs so much right now. It's, it's really when we were able to find deer and get on deer is when we were either really tight to doe bedding or actually in those kind of ridge system funnels. So terrain that is, that's funneling deer movement as they go from bedding area to bedding area. Um, that seemed to be the ticket for us. We, we didn't end up, didn't end up filling a tag, but we, we had some close calls. So it was good. It was a good trip. Yeah, and this time of year, like you talked about, uh, once you get into the November teens, the the activity seems to come and go in like really big waves. Like one day you'll see incredible movement; it'll seem like uh, bucks are chasing, deer will be out at midday, and then the next day you might not see anything at all. Uh, if if their handful of bucks got pulled off the property by a hot doe, or if those bucks are on the property but maybe locked down with a few does, and so. Uh, you know, going back to 2016 and 2017 on Rut Radio, you always get some reports that maybe don't agree with each other uh, f 
from from all over the country because it's just a really strange time of year. Oh yeah, I always try to remind myself if I'm sitting in the tree and it's dead, I just need to always tell myself that it could change in an instant. And even though it might be dead right now, 200 yards away, it might be a rut fest, and that could be here in seconds. Or if I make a move tomorrow, two and I happen to be in the right spot, then it could be chaos. It's just so much here but not there and hot and cold. I mean, you just have to kind of go into it knowing that that's going to be the case sometimes and just be willing to, to push through it and try to adjust if you can. For sure. And like my greatest solution in South Dakota here is if we get to that stage where uh, it's getting difficult to find mature bucks moving uh, is to pick up a gun when the gun season's open. I am not a hashtag bow only guy or somebody is like going to frown upon someone picking up a rifle or a muzzleloader or whatever. Uh, I am an advantageous hunter, so when our gun season's open, I'm hunting with a gun, and that usually seems to remedy any poor rut movement. How about you, Mark? Are you going to pick up a gun here on, what is it, November 15th in Michigan? Yeah, the 15th in Michigan, and I, I think I am this year. Um, I usually, I think I've mentioned this in the past, I usually go up to my family deer camp for a couple days but this year we're, we're pushing that off a little bit later than usual so opening day in the first couple days i'll actually be on my main property so i'm kind of excited about that um i am hoping that that buck uh, i was chasing last week is still around i have reason to believe that maybe he is so um there's a little bit of extra excitement here because i've got a few more days of the bow to get after him and if that doesn't work out i'll uh, i'll keep it going so we will see the, the hunt will continue well, this week on the show, we talked to Bryce Lamley in Nebraska from Sitka Gear, then Bo Martonic from East Meets West in Pennsylvania, then in Tennessee from Wildcare Deer Tract in is Josh Smith, and then Keith Thompson in Montana from Montana Whitetails. Excellent. Do we have anything else we need to cover before getting to those? I don't think so. Uh, you know, I think we did a good enough job of acknowledging that this time of year is, is going to be strange for reports and strange for hunts. So like you said, just keep after it. Uh, that can all change in a second. Yeah, that is, I mean, we could just do nothing but repeat that over and over and over again on this podcast. And that might be the best thing that you could listen to right now. You just got to remember that it can all change. So just stay, stay persistent, stay focused as best as possible, stay positive, um, and good things oftentimes will come to those who do. So uh, before I before I get off here, I just want to wish everybody good luck and uh, enjoy these days because before you know it, the rut's going to be done, and we'll be back to looking forward to next year's rut. So often I find myself like, oh, I can't wait, I can't wait. But then when it's actually here, then I'm stressed out or I'm tired or I'm, you know, whatever, complaining about something in my head. So I, I need to often remind myself to just just embrace it. If you have a close call and it doesn't go your way, that's upsetting. I know. Like I had a moment like that where I was really frustrated. I, I almost got it done. It was so painfully close and then it didn't happen and I was upset. But then later that afternoon, I just needed to remind myself, you know what? That was such a cool encounter. Like that is something you dreamed of all year of being that close to a deer like that. And yeah, you didn't get to send an arrow, but you got to have this really neat interaction with a, with a special animal. And that's the kind of thing that, that the rut provides if you if you choose to enjoy that and not get too focused on the end goal. So uh, that's my little uh, pep rally for everyone today. <laughs> it's well said. We'll talk to you next week, Mark. Thank you, Spencer. Before we get to our first update, let's pause for a word from our sponsors at Whitetail Properties. 
This week with Whitetail Properties, we are joined by Billy O'Connor, a land specialist out of Kansas. And Billy is going to be telling us about what to consider when buying a property with a friend. Um, you know, buying a property with a friend is a great idea. You know, it helps you uh, get more land for less. And it also helps with the cost and investment of time that you kind of need for improvements. Plus, it's just fun to kind of share in the experience of owning land with someone who is passionate about the outdoors as you are. But um, you do need to think through kind of the, the, the process a little bit to make sure that you kind of cover all scenarios kind of going down the road. Um, when buying with a friend, you first want to talk through ideally what each partner wants out of the experience. You know, is this for an investment? Is it to raise mature whitetail by letting them get to a certain age class? Is it a place you want to bring friends and family to hunt as well? Assuming you both want to manage for deer, usually friends have the same goal and approach to management, but often one person will want to hunt. Uh, other things such as quail and small game, and the other partner may not necessarily want to do that. So you kind of want to talk all that through. Um, if you are an out-of-state buyer, you do need to keep in mind that the state of Kansas, you're allowed one landowner tag per 80 acres. So if you both want landowner tags, you need to make sure the property is 160 acres or more. I'd suggest you buy the property under an LLC. Um, that way, everything can kind of be explained in the bylaws in the event that something does come up down the road where you guys do need to split it or sell it, you know, things such as a divorce or someone has more kids than they anticipated and, uh, or a death in the family and someone needs to sell, um, those type of things. You can kind of go over and get that out of the way from the get-go. If you'd like to learn more and to see the properties that Billy currently has listed for sale, visit whitetailproperties.com backslash O'Connor. That's O-C-O-N-N-O-R. And joining us on the line first is Bryce Lamley out of Nebraska from Sicky Gear. Now, Bryce, in Nebraska, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of 1 to 10? Well, I'm going to go back to my conservative self and tell you a 5. Um, it's just been one of the more disappointing uh, early Novembers for me. And I realize that the rut is feast or famine. And, you know, a half mile away, it could be a whole different story. But... I've got enough friends that, that are kind of experiencing the same thing. It's just been a weird rut. And so if you had to put a label on what stage of the rut you think the deer are in your area, uh, what would you call it? I, you know, I'm not seeing much cruising or trolling or whatever you want to call it. And, and so it makes me wonder if bucks are locked down. And, um, you know, then you've got some, you know, smaller bucks kind of hanging around the vicinity hoping to get some action as well. And, and it, I, it just, I'm, we're not seeing very much trolling, um, at least not in the properties where I'm at. So I, I'm, I'm guessing lockdown. So prior to this then in early, early November, were you seeing some better movement then what you would consider that seeking and chasing? A little bit. And, and, you know, it was uh, late October on trail cameras and from the stand, we we're seeing a little bit more daylight activity from some of the bigger bucks. And I was very encouraged uh, in the days right before Thanksgiving, looking forward to early November. But I never saw a pickup personally. Um, it doesn't mean it wasn't happening for other people, but I, I didn't see a, a pickup at all personally. And, and usually this time of year, I'll do uh, a number of all-day sits, and I tried two of them, and it just I, I wasn't seeing anything in the midday. So I was really disappointed. This has been quite an unusual November for you, correct? Uh, why don't you tell us about that and then, you know, tell the audience maybe a little bit about what kind of rep record keeping you have going back to the 80s. Well, I started keeping records about 1981 and um, keeping track of Dauphin ratios and 
every documenting every single hunt. Um, also keeping track of how many um, bucks and antlerless deer that passed within my very limited range with my bow and arrow and, um, and offering shots. And, and it's been a, a weird year. I, the, you, I have not experienced the, the typical early November days where I would see 10 or 12 different bucks all cruising, all with their mind. You know, they're making tracks through the woods. I uh, haven't seen much of that at all. I mean, literally almost none. Um, it has been uh, an encouraging year in the number of buck buck sightings within range that I could have had a, a shot at. I've had 74 of those opportunities and 67 hunts, and that's well above average. And uh, so that's encouraging, but um, most of them are one-and-a-half-year-olds and two-and-a-half-year-olds. Um, the other anomaly that I'm seeing this year is that our fawn ratio compared to does is really low it's 100 does to 41 fawns um with you know about 400 deer seen so that's really uh, very low it's, it's less than half of um low years and it's you know about two and a half times lower than the average which is about 100 to 100 and so i think we've got some predator issues with low fur prices and lots of coyotes i think that's part of the issue um i'm hoping i'm still hopeful that uh, things will pick up after um, the the rut you know reaches you know kind of the second phase where most does have been bred and and now we get you know hopefully the bucks will be back on their feet searching for for the leftovers. Earlier this fall, when I talked to you, you had said how the sign making seemed to pick up earlier than usual this year. Are you still seeing any fresh sign in the woods? Very little. It's uh, you know we we talked before late September it was just going crazy, and I still was getting a lot of activity at scrapes on trail cameras uh, into oh, October 25th, October 30th, um, very little since then. I mean, they, they might walk past it, but they won't stop even. And it's, it's an entirely different, uh, entirely different type of uh, um, reaction to the, the scrapes and so forth. Now, I have seen rubs pick up, and I've seen rubs in, in new places, and I don't know if those are frustration rubs or if those are something else but I, I have seen rubs pick up but the activity at the scrapes has been very little the last week or two weeks if hunters are experiencing lockdown this week like you suspect what are some of your strategies for finding a mature buck well I, I, what i've seen with those that don't want to be hassled is that they are hiding in out of the way locations which is probably also where the bucks will like to try to you know stash them down as well um, but I'll find does like literally bedded on the riverbank uh, or out in the middle of nowhere in just little tiny grass patches. And so what I like to try to do is figure out, okay, if a buck is, is on the search for those types of does, where are some pinches in between where I might catch him? And so I guess what I'm trying to do is maximize my opportunity <clears throat> by going to those pinches. And, and also those pinches usually offer the hunter a little bit easier access in and out without boogering up the whole woods and so that's kind of my my strategy at this point going forward then in this next week or so what do you think that buck activity is going to be on a scale of one to ten in nebraska well i'm going to turn optimistic on you and, and hope it goes up to about an eight i i think that uh, we got we're in the middle of our gun season right now and so there's a lot of hunters afield and so some people are getting some sightings just based on deer being pushed to them and that sort of thing but I think once the gun hunters um, wrap things up here uh, soon, very soon, that I think 
you know, things should pick up again and, and the, the Bucks will be back on the move because we just haven't seen much of a rut. And I can't imagine going a year without seeing that kind of steady act, uh, activity with trolling and cruising and so forth. All right, Bryce, great intel. Good luck this year and thanks for joining me. Thank you. All right, and joining us on the line next is Bo Martonic from Pennsylvania from East Meets West Outdoors. Now, Bo, in Pennsylvania, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of 1 to 10? Spencer, I would say that the buck activity would, I'd say it'd be around nine in the last week or so. It's been uh, ramping up quite a bit. The first like week of November, even the end of October there, we had some relatively warm weather, a lot of precipitation, and it seemed like the daylight activity was slow. And even from the trail camera side of things on, on scrapes and everything, they weren't um, as active as they normally are at that time. So this, this past week, um, activity has really ramped up and I know specifically out of the camp that I hunt out of and my family had, had killed quite a few deer just, um, in, in the last week or so. And we're finally seeing some mature deer moving in daylight hours. So what phase of the route would you say that most of Pennsylvania is in? Um, I, I think it's, uh, if it hasn't already kind of entered into a, a lockdown phase a little bit. And I know I said there's a lot of deer moving and everything, but uh, as, as we're getting into, you know, the 12th, 13th, 14th of November here, it's, it's a lot of the smaller bucks aren't, uh, aren't moving as much, and I'm starting to see some of the mature deer kind of out looking again. But it's more, it's, uh, more sporadic, so a little bit more daylight activity, but uh, more middle-of-the-day type stuff, cruising some uh, doe bedrooms, maybe looking for that second doe, I guess. Have you noticed if uh, sign making is still active there in Pennsylvania? Not as much. It seems like the scrapes are uh, a little bit covered up compared to what they were last week. And um, it, it's more the, the, the travel corridors are, are being active and definitely thinking, you know, all day hunting if possible is really important. Specifically yesterday, I had a, a mature deer cruising right at noon um, outside of a doe bedding area. So are those doe bedding areas then your focus this time of year, if you're looking for a, a lockdown buck? Yes, I am. I'm trying to get as close as possible to those doe bedding areas and, um, kind of sitting on the downwind side. And if most of my setups have to do with having more than one doe bedding area in the area. So specifically hunting in the, the big woods, we'll have a a lot of the creek bottoms have doe bedding areas set up around some thickets in, in the swampy areas and setting up in between them at any travel corridors is, is what I'm looking to do. You talked a little bit earlier about the weather in early November kind of affecting deer movement. Are there any upcoming weather patterns or moon phases or anything like that that you think might change deer movement again? Yeah, so actually we just had a pretty good cold front come through in the last couple of days. And from looking at the weather forecast, it's going to be even colder going out through this entire week. And uh, with some snow in the forecast, I woke up to a blanket of snow this morning. And um, I, that seems to really get up moving this time of year. Do you have any strategies with your trail cameras as far as where those are at or if you use that intel for anything in mid-November? So I'm not really using that intel for a whole lot of um, stuff at this time of the year. But what I am doing is I'm leaving them on specifically creek crossings, and I'm, I'm still leaving some on scrapes, although they're not as active that they do seem to check them 
here and there, but creek crossings and any type of funnels around like beaver ponds, things like that have been really good this time of year to catch some of those, those bucks cruising. And I'll use that Intel when I pull the cameras at the end of the year for next year, because it seems like every year they, they follow a similar pattern. Going forward then in this next week or so, what do you think that buck activity is going to be on a scale of one to 10 in Pennsylvania? So I think the buck activity is going to stay around eight or nine. I don't think it's going to get much better from, from the standpoint of there's not, I don't think there's going to be as many deer moving, but I think if you um, want a chance at one of the really big mature deer in the area, as I say with the end of October, I think right now is your best chance. All right, Bo. Well, good luck this year. I'll be following along at East Meets West Outdoors. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, Spencer. All right, and joining me on the line next is Josh Smith out of Tennessee from Wild Carrot Deer Attracted. Now, Josh, in Tennessee, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of 1 to 10? I think we're at a 6 right now. Uh, primarily young young bucks have started chasing. Uh, Two-and-a-half-year-olds at the oldest. I've been out probably six times in the last 10 days. Um, and, and I think November 6th, I, know, I saw the first five-point uh, the first buck chasing activity that I had seen, he was running a couple of does real hot. Um, a few days after that, I saw uh, another two and a half year old six running some does. Um, I saw a four point cruising, you know, um, in the morning. Um, and actually that five point I saw morning and evening running does, uh, two different groups, uh, first a pair and then a single doe. Um, and then I saw a six point cruising in the afternoon and we've had, uh, some post Thanksgiving type of weather lately. Uh, things have gotten cold and, and, uh, rain for the last few days, a little bit earlier than usual for us. It's usually uh, around Thanksgiving or after that this kicks in. So I think, um, normally our rut comes in a little bit before Thanksgiving. I think we're hitting things a little earlier this year. Um, we're not at peak rut yet, but, uh, I think that the timetables are a little earlier than normal. So I'm interested to see what starts moving around here in the next, week or so i think we'll hit the peak of the rut here probably late this week you know, weekend into early next week um, and i'm looking forward to seeing some mature bucks on their feet at that time i know you and your family uh, also do some hunting in kentucky how has the stage of the rut been maybe different up there than what it is in tennessee yeah they're just usually a little more advanced uh, as far as the timetable um, bucks are are running pretty good up there right now uh yeah my got my dad's actually up there with my mom right now um, and they've seen good activity. Uh, she had seen a couple good shooters out in daylight, but, uh, didn't have a chance to pull the trigger. So hopefully today, I think they're on this morning. So would you say that lockdown is approaching either state right now, Kentucky or Tennessee, or do you think we're a little bit off that? I'd say it's, it's probably pro approaching Kentucky sooner than us. Um, I think it'll probably be entering that timetable probably, uh, within the next 10 days or so. Um, and I think here at, at home, it'll probably be more a couple weeks, maybe. Um, but it could be a little sooner. I don't know. You know, John, we'll just see what the weather kind of does. I think we're going to dry out a little bit and we may warm back up. So it, it may put a hiccup in things. We'll see. What are you seeing for sign making right now? If Tennessee's a little bit behind, then maybe you're seeing some rubs and scrapes that are still active. Is, is that the case? Oh, I think the most active rub that I saw, I saw about a week ago and it looked like it was made uh, at least a few days prior to that. 
Um, and it was kind of along the line that all showed similar signs. So I think that activity has kind of slowed down for us. Um, the scrapes that we've had are kind of dropping off a little bit at this point. I think, you know, they're kind of all efforts are shifting toward finding that doe. Uh, and that's kind of shifting my tactics a little bit as well, as far as like what I'll use for our scents, you know, um, I'm starting to use estrus doe right now at home. I'll, I'll drag that in every time, you know, we've got young bucks chasing, like I said, I think mature bucks are going to be coming in soon. So uh, it's good to have out there. And then once I know that uh, mature bucks are a little up on their feet a little bit more and looking, I'll start uh, employing a little more of that rotten buck at that time. And, and I'll use that in tandem with the estrus doe. You guys are on quite a few trail cameras between your Kentucky and Tennessee properties. What is your strategy with those right now? Uh, you know, for example, where are they set up? Um, and maybe how is that different from what they were doing a few weeks ago? Uh, we shifted more to um, sign in the woods set up. Uh, we were setting them up near buck bedding. Um, earlier in the season, you know, we're doing a lot of field edges, uh, just even a couple weeks ago. A lot of field edges primarily looking at scrapes and, and employing mock scrapes um, for intel and now we've kind of we're shifting to even our setups are are in the woods a little bit more now you know as we shift into late season and the rut we're, we're eye and travel routes a little bit more than than anything going forward then this next week or so what do you think that buck activity is going to be on a scale of one to ten in tennessee i think we'll hit a nine here in the next week um you know i, I don't know if we'll reach full peak uh, i i hope we will um, I think we might, I know I'll be putting in some time in the woods. So I'm looking forward to seeing those mature bucks getting up and at them during daylight hours. Most of what we've seen is still taking place at night, you know, for anything over two and a half years old. So, uh, I think the time's quickly approaching. All right, Josh. Well, thanks for joining me. Thanks for packaging my favorite deer urine and good luck this year. Hey, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Spencer. All right, and joining me on the line next is Keith Thompson in Montana from Montana Whitetails. Now, Keith, in Montana, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of 1 to 10? Uh, I'd give it a a pretty high 9, I'd, or I mean a high 8, I'm sorry. I You know, the last three or four days for sure, um, it's really turned on pretty quickly here. It was kind of dead the last week or so because it was so warm here. Uh, we got a good cold front got a little bit of snow and it definitely got the deer up on their feet um like i said it it's been it's been hit or miss but like i said the last four days it's it's been pretty much on fire every doe that we've come across there's been a buck either locked down with it or we've had some younger deer that were nudging everything so it's been it's been really good (laughs) if you had to put a label then on what stage of the rut your part of montana is in what would you say that is um, I, as far as mature deer go, I would definitely say the, the mature deer are starting to lock down. Um, a lot of the younger bucks were catching them in some of the ag field, just checking does and everything else. But we, uh, we killed four bucks this week alone that were actually locked down with those. Um, it, you know, it, it really gave us the ability to spot and stalk those deer rather than sit in a tree stand. So I, it's kind of age-based. I think the mature deer are kind of locked up, but some of the younger bucks are, you know, up cruising around trying to find the right doe. Now, you mentioned seeing bucks out in egg fields. Are you focusing on those egg fields because uh, that's the food source that's hot right now, or is that just where most of the rutting activity has been visible? Um, we've been we've been hitting the ag field pretty hard simply for the fact that 
you know, there's a bunch of does coming into them and the cooler temps kind of actually had the deer up on their feet in the middle of the day. So it was one of those deals where, I mean, you could see, you could see what you wanted to shoot, whether it be seven o'clock in the morning or one o'clock in the afternoon, it's been pretty consistent as far as deer movement the last, you know, three or four days. So how are your strategy setups different uh, with hunters who are in camp with a rifle versus those with a bow? Um, I mean, it's, we, we call the rifles around here, the equalizer, you know, it's, you can, we've been hunting a lot of bale blinds and, and, you know, either that or glassing from far away to find a deer to move with the rifle. I mean, simply, I mean, you know, as well as I do, you can, you can definitely reach out and touch them with a rifle nowadays where with our bow hunters, we're, we're concentrating them more in, uh, some of the river bottoms. Uh, you know, we're, we're looking for bottlenecks where it pinches them down the, you know, the natural curve of the river really pinches the deer at some spots. And, um, you know, the deer have their favorite crossings. We, we tend to, to work all our bow hunters in there where you get that, you know, 40 and less shot. Are there any weather patterns this time of year in mid November that you think really change things positive or negative for deer movement? (laughs) Montana weather is, uh, it's pretty tough to judge. One day it's snow and the next day it's 45. The beginning of the week it was, uh, well, even yesterday morning it was, it was you know, four degrees out. And now today it's supposed to be up into the 40s. So it, it's been hit or miss. But the cold weather at the beginning of the week most definitely played a part in, you know, more activity. I mean, you could see it across the board. We were seeing more elk, more moose. I mean, it was, it, it just had everything up moving around a lot better. Going forward then in this next week or so, what do you think that buck activity is going to be on a scale of 1 to 10 in Montana? Uh, well, from my point, I hope pretty high. <laughs> um, you know, it, I think if the temperatures stay relatively cool, I mean, I don't see it slowing down at all. Um, I mean, I would I would give it at least an 8, you know, and hopefully, hopefully turn on from here. Generally, this week and Thanksgiving week, the week coming, have been – our absolute best weeks of the rut i mean in the last 12 13 years um so it's it's always an exciting time you always look forward to it um you hope you get the weather that you want which is you know i prefer like mid 20s maybe um but last year it 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 crept up into the 40s a couple times last last year on this same week and and the activity was just as good as ever so it's it's one of those deals you just, you know what I mean? You you hope you get what you want. All right, Keith. Well, good luck to your hunters in camp. Thanks for joining me. Yep, thank you. And that concludes this week's episode of Wired to Hunts Rut Radio. Thanks to Bryce, Bo, Josh, and Keith for joining me. And thank you guys for listening. As always, make sure you're following Wired to Hunt on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And follow me, Spencer Newharth, and my blog, Rut Fresh, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Check out TheMeatEater.com this week for some videos, podcasts, and some articles by Mark and I. And it's also a great resource for all other things hunting, fishing, conservation, and cooking. Enjoy these final days of the rut, and until next time, stay wired to hunt. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules 
from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. Outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. You simply pour a can into your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. So pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more.